This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The facts that will be presented are true. Scientists representing the world's foremost research centers took part in the examination of the evidence. I'm Chad. And together, we're a pair of normal guys. guys. Yay. <laughs> we need to we need to get the studio done so we can do a live like thing so people can see the crap we talk about before we actually start recording the show. I don't know if we can do that or not. We'll probably get a lawsuit put against us. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. So anyway, hey Chad. Hey Chris. How's it going? It is going, sir. What have you been up to? <sighs> My ideal Wait, if I were 11 feet tall? All right, Norm. <laughs> Recycled puns. I know. Nothing, Chris. <laughs> it's same old, same old. Watching the tree in our backyard disintegrate as the storms come in. I thought That's you were going to say grow. I was like, really? Has it come to that? Mm-mm. You're watching a tree grow? No, I have to watch it to make sure it doesn't fall on the dogs when they go outside because apparently like about average six-foot limbs oh, are just falling out of the tree. Your big oak tree? Uh-huh. Nice. At least you won't have all those... Thousands of tiny acorns no, all over the place now. They're all over the place. They're already hit. They hit the house daily. I blame squirrels. Sounds like constipated squirrels taking a dump on us. Nice. That's all you hear yeah, all how day. How that goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd think the tree would run out of those eventually. You would think. But no, it's got nuts for days. So, hey, it's uh, only been a week since the last time we uh, were here. The hell you say? It has. Oh, too early. <laughs> Premature, the hell you say. Yeah, there's a clinic that can help me with that. All I need is a shot. They talk about it on the radio all the time. They do, don't they? Yeah. Some guy named Ed. <laughs> Ed is always talking about there's issues. Is your Ed and your wife happy? And I don't know, she'll be happier too. Apparently, he was born early or something because yeah. it's always premature Ed. Yeah, he was in an incubator. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so nothing. You with Chad? Mm, no. What about you? Uh, same old, same old. I haven't been in any movies lately. I don't have a lot to talk about. I'm uh, All I'm going to say is if uh, the old International Cryptozoology Museum guys down in Somerset are listening, uh-huh. they're going to get one epic sculpture. <laughs> are they? Well, you saw the beginnings of it. I did. I saw the walls. It's going to be the size of a Barbie dream house. Looked like the cover of a Pink Floyd album when I came in there and looked. Ooh, it did. It did. We should have Hopkinsville goblins tearing down a big white brick wall. We could. With David Hasselhoff. I don't know. No. Something about Germany. <laughs> Cemetery. <laughs> Pearl Jam? Pearl what are Jam. What talking about? I don't know. Huh. All right. So. Yeah. Nothing new going on. So, Chad, why don't we just go right on into our one of our favorite segments. If we can both fit through the door at the same time, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you always have to do it? <laughs> the Paro News Stories. Hey. You know I hate you. I know you do. Oh, so, 
Coming up first, Chad. Yes, sir. From CryptozoologyNews.com. Uh-oh. A pterodactyl was spotted in Texas. Pterodactyl? That's right. Isn't that when you have like an extra thumb? Sure. Pterodactyly? Yeah, pterodactyly. <laughs> like those cats. I think it's polydactyly. Oh, whatever. That's, or that's a large reptile Why like Why could it be parrot? stevedactyly? Why does it got to be Paul? I don't know. A man in Texas claims to have seen a dinosaur bird. Uh-huh. The anonymous San Benito man on Thursday said he was at his father's farm with his friends when the event purportedly took place in 2015. 2015? Yeah, hey. We looked toward the south and witnessed a pterodactyl, he told MUFON investigator L. Fletchner. It was coasting along a ditch. <laughs> yeah. The animal was described as having a wingspan of 10 feet and it looked like a pterosaur. Was it a male or a female? I don't know. Because at that size, you should have been able to tell. The eyewitness says the strange bird disappeared into what looked like a wormhole. <laughs> Chloe Just dove, dove right into the ground. Mm-hmm. In a wormhole. In 1890, Arizona newspaper The Tombstone Epitaph... Wait a minute, what was the year? Oh, wow. We just skipped right over that, didn't we? Yeah, did. Hang on, all right, reverse. Uh In 1890... 1890! Arizona newspaper The Tombstone Epitaph reported that two ranchers had allegedly killed a winged monster, similar to an alligator, in the desert between the Whetstone and... Huachaca-Chaca Mountains. Mm-hmm. So, a winged monster, similar to an alligator. Didn't realize alligators had wings. In 1927, a similar event reportedly took place in the Australian town of Fernvale with a few giant birds visiting the area, causing panic among the town's residents. Was he looking for his buddy Snuffy? I think he was. In August 2015, a man in Michigan claimed to have seen a giant bird with a 10-foot wingspan as well. Uh-huh. In July 2015, two people in Nevada reported seeing a creature that reminded them of a pterosaur, a flying reptile believed to have gone extinct about 65 million years ago. Two weeks later, a minister and her daughter claimed to have seen an unidentified flying creature that looked like it was straight out of Jurassic Park. Wow. Thunderbird, also known as Rock, <laughs> is the nomenclature used by Native Americans to refer to bird-like creatures with reptile features. Say that again. Mm-hmm. Bird-like creatures with reptile Tile features. features. That are believed to be related to the extinct pterosaurs. Hmm. Isn't that those puppets with the spaceship? Wild Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds go. Wild thir- Thornberries. Oh, no, it's dumb. I don't know. It's like 90s Nickelodeon stuff. What's wrong with that? I don't know. There wasn't a lot of 90s Nickelodeon stuff worth talking about. I don't know. You for somebody my age. Rocco's Modern World? Oh, Bobcat Goldway? Sure. <laughs> I Whatever. don't know. So pterosaurs, Chad. Yeah. Or as I like to call them, people that don't know what a flying blue heron looks like. Swoop. <laughs> I like to call them swoop. Hey, what do you have? Well, I have one that came from Mysterious Universe. It's very mysterious. It's very mysterious. This one talks about the Loch Ness Monster and booze. What? Yeah, Loch Ness Monster worth $53 million helps sales of Loch Ness Absinthe. Well, you know, when he gets all liquored up, he goes on stabbing sprees. I had a lot of absinthe days when I was at school. How much is the Loch Ness Monster worth? Ask me that, Chris. Uh, hey, Chad. Yeah. How much is the Loch Ness Monster worth? Well, I'll tell you what, buddy. That would depend on whether it exists, right? 
You know, sure. Acting. Not to the people <laughs> of Scotland, according to a new study, the mythical aquatic beast is worth an estimated 41 pounds. <laughs> 41 million pounds? That's 53 million annually to the Scottish economy. And it's not just tourism revenue either. Attaching the Loch Ness Monster name to virtually any merchandise seems to add cash to the product and cash to the coffers. And as makers of Loch Ness Gin, the soon-to-be-released Loch Ness Absinthe will attest... Loch Ness Absinthe? There's a question mark there. Will drinking it cause more sightings? (laughs) Probably. The study was conducted by a chartered accountant and Inverness resident Gary Campbell. That's one of those cool jackets. The name should be familiar to Loch Ness Monster fans, Loch Ness visitors, and Nessie spotters. He's the official register of sightings at Loch Ness. Being one of the local business operators, Gary had easy access to sales figures from tour operators, hotels, restaurants, and other Loch Ness-related businesses. He says, and I quote, We analyzed the number of people that visit the attraction around the loch, along with those who took to the water. They tried to get a closer look for Nessie. And then they fall in, or they took other research into tourism, spending overnight, accommodation, and food. <coughs> we then added to the day trippers, and from this we conservatively estimate that they're all the monsters, and they forty by seven million to the local economy each year. <laughs> That's a uh, forty-one million or fifty-three million conservatively from an estimated half million visitors to Loch Ness annually. Huh. All that comes with. Outspending much on advertising. Campbell's good figures show that there are less than 10 days each year when Nessie doesn't get a mention somewhere in the world. <laughs> Keep track of Google that. states. <laughs> hold on. Google stats. Google stats show about 200,000 searches each month for the Loch Ness Monster and around 120,000 for related information. wonder if they find them when they Google them like that. Like, for example... Where can I buy Loch Ness Absinthe? The answer to that query is from Loch Ness Spirits. I wonder if they come in a Nessie bottle. I haven't looked for that yet. I would. I figure <clears throat> you'll be all over that by this time tomorrow. Sure will. Um, I'll Google that right now. Owned by Lorian and Kevin Cameron Ross, a doctor and former detective who developed Loch Ness Gin. <laughs> I didn't know they had gin either. And are getting ready to release Loch Ness Absinthe made from hand-picked wormwood Juniper and mint from their 500-year-old estate near Loch Ness and water from an aquifer from on that estate or that a, flows. Or aquifer. Oh, it is aquifer. Huh. Huh. I need new glasses again. <laughs> uh, on the estate that flows into Loch Ness, it is stirred by... Oh, is it stirred by Nessie's tail? It have Nessie poop in it. Ew. That's what they used to ferment stuff. Not that we know of, but it's 53%... Or 100 proof, or 106 proof, and recommended to be served one part absinthe to three parts water poured over a sugar cube on a silver spoon. Ricky Schroeder. What if you don't have a silver spoon? I guess you just can't have it. Is it not going to be good? I don't know. You're the absinthe expert. Only absinthe I ever had wasn't that great. But it wasn't. Is any of it that great? There was no psychedelic (laughs) uh, portion to it. so. So what you're saying is you have a chance of seeing a tiny little green. Loch Ness Monster with wings flying around now. Not unless you can find some of the real stuff. Only 100 <laughs> bottles are in the first batch of absinthe, and they're for sale where legal on the oh. Loch Ness Spirits website for only 45 pounds or $59.10 per 500-milliliter bottle. Wow. Any hallucinations of Nessie are free of charge, Chris. So, uh, <clears throat> is that it? 
No, oh, I'm sorry. Let, let me just get this oh, list. Go ahead. Go, go. NPR this one. Will the Loch Ness Monster help sell Loch Ness Absinthe? Undoubtedly. It is the best thing to happen to the Scottish economy since the invention of plaid. Indisputably, is there any other mythical creature that has such an enormous influence on its country of mythical origin? Unquestionably. That's it. Okay. There you go. So, 100 bottles in the first run, you're already out of luck. Because mm-hmm. you know that's not going to last long. Probably didn't make it out of the building. Probably not. They are Scottish. So now, you you I know a couple of years ago you were in this big absinthe kick. Was I? Yes, you kept telling me about this kit and stuff, and you were getting this and that and ordering different things. Is absinthe, is real, real absinthe uh-huh. legal? Like Not in the States. In, it's not in the States. It's you the, have to get it in places in it Europe. It tastes like absinthe. Well, it's everything that absinthe normally would be, except they take the psychedelic portion out of it that so comes, you won't with, I think, the, with the wormwood. So yeah, you won't see not, the little green fairy. No green fairy. Kylie Minogue. No, this is just on the label on the bottle. Isn't she a singer? Yeah. She was, she was the little green absinthe fairy in uh, Moulin Rouge. I didn't see Moulin Rouge. Uh, you should. Obi-Wan Kenobi has a wonderful singing voice. Oh, does he? Yeah. Hmm. Is he train spotting in that? No. Crawling a toilet? No. I didn't see the sequel to Train Spotting either. Okay. Okay. So are you going to try to score a bottle of that? No. Well, you couldn't get it anyway, could you? Because it's the they real stuff. They wouldn't send it to me. It probably is the real stuff. Do you know any Canadians? I mean, I can probably find some online that are willing to be a... Mule. A mule for me, yeah. There you go. Like Clint Eastwood. You need, we need some of that in the uh, studio. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Especially if it comes... I wonder, <clears throat> yeah, well, you need to look it up at least to see what the bottle looks like. Get some. I know we could get some heroin. So as long as we can get some absinthe, then. So wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is taking a turn for the really illegal now. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're gonna we're gonna have a den of. I mean, know, I don't think they're gonna come raiding your house if you have a stray bottle of absinthe. But if you know they catch you with Navo and, and heroin, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Put the wrong emphasis on <laughs> in face, Her, heroin, heroin in faces on the wrong syllable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, we need to uh, do, become we alcoholics. To, we've got connections and stuff now. We should be able to get somebody that could get us a bottle. Are we of any Canadian listeners? Yeah, we've got like listeners from all over the world. I know we got a bunch in Kuwait and Africa, <laughs> in Greece, in Greece. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not completely convinced that that's just not VPN people. I mean, it could be. We have had that same group of listeners from, uh, was it Carlsbad, Sweden? Like, since the beginning. Oh, the Swedish? Yeah. Swedish love us. It's still Ghost. Yeah. I'm sure Papa Emeritus listens to us every show. I'm glad you think that. You leave Mm. me alone. (laughs) Let me have my dreams. Whatever makes you feel good. Well, there's your pair of news stories, Chad. It's amazing, sir. So, uh, lead us into the next little segment here. <laughs> lead us. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> if you're keeping track at home, there's your lead us reference for the show. That's right. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, here we go. It's, it's time for you. Spotlight. Uh, all right. The Pair Announcement Board. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, 
just a couple quick ones on this one, Chad. Uh, first off, uh-huh. if you are a regular listener to the old Paranormal Guys, then you know... Fiber is good. Fiber is good. Keeps you moving. Uh-huh. And you know that last week was the premiere of uh, Paranormal Guys BS. Which is bon- short for bon- bonus, bonus show. show. Bonus okay. show. Okay. And uh, we had uh, our buddy Seth on there. was sat down with us at uh, CryptidCon this year and chatted about all manner of things. He was, sir. So give that a listen. Oh, and you know what? I didn't even think about this, Chad. What? Remember when I said, hey, I guarantee by the time Paranormal Guys BS show one goes up, something will be done? And you said, yeah, whatever. Let's see. Let me think. Uh, On YouTube? That is completely up to date now. And we're completely caught up? Completely. Paranormal Guys BS show 001 is on there. No kidding. Yep. Well... So that's pretty good. If you want to watch the show while you listen, uh-huh. I mean, it'd be kind of boring because it's just a static screen. But hey, if you listen to things on YouTube, go there. Oh, and Chad, this is crap. holy crap! I got all kinds of announcements. This is like the quad paro news. It's like announcement. I don't, I don't know board. if you're just thinking of new stuff or you're having a little stroke. Uh, who knows? But anyway, we have our own YouTube personalized. E- uh, Web address URL thing now. The hell you say? That's Again. twice in a show. Holy crap. I know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, YouTube.com. Now, keep in mind, I didn't get to pick this. YouTube told me what it had to be. Mm-hmm. It's YouTube.com slash C slash Paranormal Guys Paranormal Podcast. Why is it C? I don't know. Is that for Chris? I They just... I said, yeah, I want my personalized address. And it said, here you go. Cryptid crap. I think it's just something YouTube puts in there. Music factory. I just, it's a YouTube thing. Huh. So YouTube.com slash C slash Paranormal Guys Paranormal Podcast. So, or you could just go to YouTube and type in Paranormal Guys. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't want to use our swanky new personalized URL, yeah. I mean, because the other way sounds like something you have to type in with dial up in the 90s. Paranormal guys, paranormal www. Or you can go to our webpage, you know, paranormalguys.com, and there's a swanky little link to YouTube right there. <laughs> that is swanky. We're so modern. We are. We mm. we know how to use the interwebs moderately. It's pretty cool. So there's that group of paro announcements. Glad you nailed that down, brother. Now I don't even remember what the other one was. I was so excited. Uh, there was, let's oh, see. Oh, the other one. Yeah. No one can ever say that Paranormal Guys does not reward their listeners, Chad. We we reward our listeners? There's a certain somebody that is the proud owner of a very sparkly, wearable out to the club, uh-huh. Paranormal Guys t-shirt right now. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. He's Brian. It is Brian. Brian. Good old Brian. We should, uh, should, uh, because I'll never remember to email him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he listens to the show, we know. So we should say, hey, Brian, why don't you, uh. Send us an old pic of you wearing the old swanky paranormal guy's shirt. And... Okay, we can do that. Stay Brian. Why go. don't you send us a spiffy picture of you wearing that paranormal guy shirt? And, we, and and permission for us to put it on the webpage. And give us permission. And Facebook. And Facebook. And, and Insta pages. Twitter. And Twitter. YouTube. Mm. In a video. Snapchat. <laughs> Insta check. Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> what? What else do they have? 
uh, Voyacam. What was what was, <laughs> what was the old one? Uh, the old original Facebooky thing. Oh, it was uh, MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, that's what we need. We need to set up a MySpace page. I think you have to be a musician for that now. I mean, we put out tracks. No, of we can do things. it. MySpace. Check us out on MySpace. There you go. It's all the cool kids are going now. AOL. Since I mean, we apparently think Facebook is still a thing. Yeah, they say it's for old people. I think it's what is it? Instagram now? I don't know. Or Snapchat. I don't know. Or Vine is Vine a thing? Vine. What about Grinder? Can we get on Grinder? What is Grinder? I don't know. Isn't that a dating? Site? I hear them talk about it. I think you go to an area and you bring up your Grinder app, and then you find new friends that Uber like to share experiences. Uber. Mm. That's a car thing. Yeah. God. Lyft. When did we get old? Like yesterday. Is Lyft the same as Uber? No, it's two different companies. But it's the same thing. One, I think you there's less likely you're going to get assaulted if you get their car. Uber? No, I think it's Lyft. Oh. Yeah. Uber, Uber, people get, like, murdered with Uber, don't they? Uh, one guy was going out shooting people that was driving for Uber. Just heard the story about it the other day. I mean, it happened a little while back, but he just went and got a gun went crazy. He said when the app would come up, there would be a picture of the <laughs> devil. And if, he, if the devil showed up and he clicked on it, then he needed to go kill. And if he didn't, it was fine. <laughs> the devil. He was... Hey, hey, Bob. He was like, there's a person that needs a ride, but also stabbed. You know, if they want to go to the grocery store and they're uh, not too fast, kill them. Yeah. <laughs> he took too long picking out eggs. <laughs> Shouldn't have, should have killed the little feller. He put mustard on his biscuits. <laughs> mustard and biscuits. So apparently the devil is sling blade. <laughs> sling blade. <laughs> that works out. I reckon. Mm-hmm. I reckon you weren't good when you were alive. <laughs> Get them down to shoebox size when you kill them. They're easier to bury. Oh, so anyway, hey, coming up after the break. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about something uh, we've we've talked about a lot on shows, but never devoted a show to, Chan. Public nudity? Twinkies. Oh. No, sorry. Um, have we talked about Twinkies? Or public nudity? Public I'm sure we've talked about public nudity. Probably. No, know. anyway. Tulpas. Oh, yeah, I like those bars. They get all that meat and little sticks. So after the break, we talk about uh, Mongolian grills. Delicious. And tulpas. Welcome back. Hello, hello. <laughs> pause. Dramatic pause. Look, I'm a cat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, what? So, 
for those of you that don't know, our buddy Carrie is setting in again on this show. She is. And claims that she's not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. But there will be pics on Instagram. Yep. Tasteful pics. Tasteful. That's right. Because Instagram has like monitors and stuff. 1970 style pics. Yeah, like we said, Chad, uh, we're going to talk about the old uh, Tulpa tonight. Tulpa. That's right. Yes. You look quizzical. I'm trying to think how close Tulpa would be to spatula if you just mix the letters around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. You know, Chad, Tulpa is a concept in mysticism and the paranormal of a being or object which is created through spiritual or mental powers. It was adapted by 20th century theosophists. A what? Theosophists from Tibetan sprupa, which means emanation or manifestation. So far, I just, I'm thinking about buttholes and something falling out of them when you said that. You kind of always think that, don't you? Yeah. Modern practitioners use the term to refer to a type of willed imaginary friend, which practitioners consider to be sentient and relatively autonomous. Huh. That's what a tulpa is, Chad. Hmm. And you know, there's been a couple like kind of famous ones out. You know, I'm a tulpa, right? You've willed me. Into you don't existence. really exist. I'm a willed Smith. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody out there in Pongite land. Uh huh. Chad's drunk. So, Harvey Whippleman, the rabbit. Oh yeah, Harvey. Harvey. I don't yeah. know Harvey. You know, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. One of the best movies ever made because mm-hmm. he's the best actor that ever was. So you say, but you he perpetually a, live in the 1950s. He or was a 40s. tulpa. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Harvey, he was a uh, tulpa in the movie. He was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one you probably know more about than me, Slender Man. Slender Man. Supposedly kind of a tulpa. Yeah, Slender Man. He, um... Because didn't it just start out as just a, like, fan fiction-y story started out as posted a, on Creepypasta? Started out as a story on Creepypasta, and then people started taking it to heart like it was real, and the next thing you know, girls are killing their friends in the woods or... Because he told him to. Trying to, because that's what he wants, is dead bodies. But then they go back and they talk about these tall, slender, faceless figures throughout different things in history. So it kind of rides the line between popular now, but how long have these sort of images been floating around? So, yeah, Slender Man. The movie just came out from Sony. Did it? Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No. Going to? No. <laughs> and, hey, Chad, if you're interested, uh huh, there are numerous sites out there that explain how to create your own tulpa really oh yeah there's tulpa.info uh there's a how to make your own tulpa on the how-to cloud there's numerous youtube videos there's a huge reddit section on tulpas and there's even a wiki how on how to create your own tulpa hmm yeah kind of like pound puppies now, or most of, patch kids. from what I perused on there, most of what that is, though, is just kind of, you, you, your ambition is you're making a really, really detailed imaginary friend in your head. So they're just kind of like for lonely people? I guess. Huh. I mean, not to offend anybody, but yeah. My topo. <laughs> if you have a topo, we're sorry. It's for people that are work at home, isn't it? Yeah. That don't like pets. Now, I know, I can't say much, because I know teenage me, I had a tulpa. It looked a lot like Claudia Schiffer. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I bet. Yeah. Do you have the strength of one good fist? <laughs> Claudia Fisher in her one good fist. Claudia Fisher? Who's yeah, that? I don't know. Whatever you said. I call her Knuckles. Claudia Schiffer. Uh-huh. The guest jean girl from like the mid-90s. God. 
Really? Yes. That was your choice? Maybe. Huh. Anyway, so go out there, Chad. Read how to make a uh, tulpa for yourself. I will. Make one tomorrow. But the main one we're talking about tonight is probably the most famous tulpa case. Okay. That of one Philip. No. I don't <laughs> think I know the one about Philip, unless that was the controlled environment one. Is that the one you're getting ready to get into? Yes. Okay. And most of this comes from thoughtco.com. Oh, for all your needs. For all your thought needs, go to Thoughtco. Yep. Right there with Acme. Shop smart. Shop. Shop. Thoughtco. A fascinating experiment was conducted in the early 1970s by the Toronto Society for Psychical Research. Hmm. TSPR. You said Toronto, right? Yes. Canadians did this. Hmm. So you know it's got to be good. Talpe. They uh, wanted to see if they could create a ghost, Chad. The idea was to assemble a group of people who would make up a completely fictional character and then, through seances, see if they could contact him and receive messages and other physical phenomena. So the uh, TSPR, Chad, uh-huh. they uh, were under the guidance of Dr. A.R.G. Owen. What? Uh, A.R.G. Owen. A.R.G. Owen. Okay. <laughs> he assembled a group of eight people called from the TSPR's membership, none of who claimed to have any psychic gifts. The group, which became known as the Owen Group, dun, 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 consisted of Dr. Owen's wife, a woman who was a former chairperson of Mensa, mm-hmm. an industrial designer, an accountant, a housewife, a bookkeeper, and a sociology student. A race car. A couple wavy lines. Wilson. A star. A psychologist named Dr. Joel Witten also attended many of the group sessions as an observer. I bet. The group's first task was to create their fictional character. Together, they wrote a short biography of the person they named Philip Aylesford. Is it Philip or Philippe, since these were Canadian? I'm saying Philip. Okay. So it's Philip. I'm going to go with Philippe. <laughs> you call it what you want. Wait, what's that, Carrie? I think it was Philippe. Well, you're wrong. Don't talk anymore. You go back to whatever you're looking at. Yeah. Coupon. Get back to your phone, teenager. Yeah. Here, in part, is that biography, Chad. Okay. Philip was an aristocratic Englishman living in the middle 1600s at the time of Oliver Cromwell. He had a supporter. Oh, he had been a supporter of the king and was a Catholic. He was married to a beautiful but cold and frigid wife, Dorothea. Dorothea. The daughter of a neighboring nobleman. One day, when out riding on the boundaries of the estates, Philip came across a gypsy encampment and saw that there was a beautiful, dark eyed, raven haired gypsy girl there, Margot, whose nethers were not quite as chilly as they were at home. He fell instantly in love with her. He brought her back secretly to live in the gatehouse near the stables of Diddington Manor. I bet. His family home. Diddington. Professionally shift through those papers. For some time, he kept his love nest secret, but eventually Dorothea, realizing he was keeping someone else from her, found Margot and accused her of witchcraft and stealing her husband. Philip was too scared of losing his reputation and his possessions to protest at the trial of Margot, and she was convicted of witchcraft and burned at the stake. He was subsequently stricken with with remorse that he had not tried to defend Margot and used, or used, to pace the battlements of Diddington in despair. Mm -hmm. Finally, one morning, his body was found at the bottom of the battlements whence he had cast himself in a fit of agony and remorse. Uh So there's your story that they came up with in part. 
The Owen Group even enlisted the artistic talents of one of its members to sketch a portrait of Philip. <laughs> Why do I see it as one of those? It's just like like a first grader drew, and you're like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> you know, we should have Letus come in and draw us a picture of what he thinks Philippe looks like. We should. <laughs> have like a space suit on. <laughs> no, it'd be like four lines. There you go, it's Philip. The Owen Group even enlisted, like I said before, that artist guy that drew a picture of him. Mm -hmm. And with their creation's life and appearance now firmly established in their minds, the group began the second phase of the experiment, Chad. Which was what? Contact. All right. In September of 1972. 1972? Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Blue. And the group began their sittings. Informal gatherings in which they would discuss Philip and his life, meditate on him, and try to visualize their collective hallucination in more detail. These settings, conducted in a fully lit room, went on for about a year with no results. Some members of the group occasionally claimed they felt a presence in the room, but there was no result they could consider any kind of communication from Philip by. So, what'd they do, Chad? They used some recreational drugs and then tried to work on Philip. Well, no. Oh, they changed their tactics. The group decided that they might have better luck if they attempted to duplicate the atmosphere of a classic spiritualist seance. Mm-hmm. They dimmed the room's lights, <laughs> sat around a table, sang songs, and surrounded themselves with pictures of the type of castle they imagined Philip would have lived in, as well as objects from that time period. Hmm. I mean, makes sense. Did the artist draw pictures? Of the castle? Of the yeah. castle, yeah. <laughs> he built one out of Legos. That's nice. Did he take some of that fiber core board and score it? He might have. To make little bricks? It worked! <laughs> oh, holy shit! <laughs> during, during one evening seance, the group received its first communication from Philip in the form of a distinct rap on the table, much like this. Oh. It says rap. Oh. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Go. Soon Philip was answering questions asked by the group. One rap for yes, two for no. They knew it was Philip because, well, they asked him. Is this Philip? <laughs> yeah. The sessions took off from there, producing a range of phenomena. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. Wow. <laughs> Don't even know it, do you? Yeah. Carrie? Phenomena. Phenomena. She's not going to do it either. <laughs> Producing a range of phenomena that could not be explained scientifically. Mm -hmm. Through the table wrapping communication, the group was able to learn finer details about Philip's life. Yeah, boy. He even seemed to exhibit a personality, conveying his likes and dislikes, and his strong views on various subjects made plain by the enthusiasm or hesitancy of his knockings. Mm -hmm. How do you knock enthusiastically, Chad? I guess it's like... If you're doing one for yes and two for no, how do you do that enthusiastically? I don't know. You'd be like... Jeez. His spirit was also able to move the table, sliding it from side to side, despite the fact that the floor was covered with thick carpeting. At times, the table would even dance on one leg. That Philip was a creation of the group's collective imagination was evident in his limitations. Although he could accurately answer questions about events and people of his time period it did not appear to be information that the group was unaware of. No, wait. How can he accurately answer stuff unless it's just crap they made up and they already knew the answer anyway? Well, that's what it's saying. Oh. That unless the group already knew it, he couldn't answer it. Garbage. Mm. Keep going. In other words, 
Philip's responses were coming from their subconscious. Uh Their own minds, Chad. Some members thought they heard whispers in response to questions, but no voice was ever captured on tape. Philip's psychokinetic powers, however, were amazing and completely unexplained. If the group asked Philip to dim the lights, they would dim instantly. When asked to restore the lights, he would oblige. The table around which the group sat was almost always the focal point of peculiar phenomena. Do, 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 do. (laughs) After feeling a cool breeze across the table, they asked Philip if he could cause it to start and stop at will. He could, and he did. Philip, start it, please. The group group noticed that the table itself felt different to the touch whenever Philip was present, having a subtle electric or alive quality. and moist. (laughs) On a few occasions, a fine mist formed over the center of the table. But monsters came out of it. Most astonishing, the group reported that the table would sometimes be so animated that it would rush over to meet latecomers to the session, or even trap members in the corner of the room. So they, like, invented a pet table. Well. Oh, who's a good a table? Just get a toaster. <laughs> who's a good table? It's good. Just rub his bed. The climax of the experiment was a seance conducted before a live audience of 50 people. The session was also filmed as part of a tele- television documentary. Fortunately, Philip was not stage shy and performed, performed above expectations. Besides table wrappings... Other noises around the room and making lights blink off and on, the group actually attained a full levitation of the table. Oh my god. It rose only a half inch above the floor. What about the table? (laughs) But this incredible feat was witnessed by the group and the film crew. Unfortunately, Chad, Uh the dim lighting prevented the levitation from being captured on film. Garbage, Isn't that always the way? Although the Philip experiment gave the Owen group far more than they ever imagined possible, it was never able to attain one of their original goals, to have the spirit of Philip actually materialize. Did they? Did he just quit after they quit the experiment? I think you they just what, abandoned him. You know what happened? He What's went that? into the 1970s adult film industry. Philip. Philippe. Philip. Mm-hmm. The Philip experiment was so successful that the Toronto organization decided to try it again with a completely different group of people and a new fictional character. After just five weeks, the new group established contact with their new ghost. His name was was Letus. No, Lilith. Oh. A French-Canadian spy. (laughs) I thought you were going to say prostitute. (laughs) Other similar experiments conjured up such entities as Sebastian. A whimsical Jamaican crab. No, a medieval alchemist. And even Axel, front man of Guns N' Roses. Nice. No, a man from the future. Oh, future Axel and Sebastian the Crab. All of them were completely fictional, yet all produced unexplained communication through their unique raps. (laughs) Sweet child of mine. Music career. Under the sea. Under the sea. A Sydney, Australia group attempted a similar test with the Skippy experiment. Peanut butter? Peanut butter. The six participants created the story of Skippy Cartman, a 14-year-old Australian girl. The group reports that Skippy communicated with them through raps and scratching sounds. I think they just conjured a pirate. (laughs) Now everybody, have you heard... If you got a name, I'm dead. then skip is the word. How long is this going? <laughs> as far as I'm going with that, 
What are we to make of these incredible experiments? While some would conclude that they prove that ghosts don't exist, that such things are in our minds only, others say that our unconscious could be responsible for this kind of phenomena. <laughs> no. Keep some going. of the time. They do not prove that there are no ghosts. Another point of view, and I, I, I like this one myself, Chad, mm -hmm. is that even though Philip was completely fictional, the Owen group really con the Owen group really did contact the spirit world. A playful, or perhaps demonic, some would argue, spirit took the opportunity of those seances to act as Philip and produce the extraordinary psychokinetic phenomena. Phenomena. Recorded. Um, I have a confession since you and Carrie are here at the same time. I. You already said you're a tulpa. No, oh. it's not me. Letus is actually a tulpa. He doesn't exist. He went into existence somewhere around seventh grade. He doesn't. <laughs> There's know no records of him before that. He doesn't know that he's not real, but he ages just like Robert the doll. Does uh, does Letus listen to our show? Yeah, he does actually. Oh, so he just gave it away. Well, he'll still he won't go out of existence now. He's too firmly set. What do you think, Chad? Holograms. On the whole Tulpa thing. It's holograms. No, I th I thoroughly believe that you can manifest things through willpower. Because if you look at all these <laughs> stories about the man who walks beside me, where like these people are in these <laughs> situations where they think they're going to die, and then all of a sudden they feel the presence of somebody else urging them, they'll call them guardian angels or whatever. I think they manifest uh, somebody to help push them through. So I think tulpas are very real phenomena. I don't know. I mean, it's to me, it's one of those. Like any other thing we talk about, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster. I mean, who's to say it's not? I mean, I think the guy that created my pillow is a tulpa. Your pillow? Yeah, my pillow. You know, the the my pillow guy? Oh, you, I thought your personal pillow at home. Well, I mean, I have one. What is that? My pillow. It's the guy with the mustache that sells the pillows that he engineered to be the perfect pillow? I don't know that. I mean, I've got a pillow upstairs that I call my pillow. Yeah, but have you ever just... Well, maybe not you personally, but somebody, like a bunch of people out there, decided they wanted the perfect pillow. So they brought this man into existence, and he made the perfect pillow. He's very much a tulpa. Like Colonel Sanders? Yeah. Colonel <laughs> Sanders is absolutely a tulpa. Which one? The original one, not not the new ones, it's just actors taking over. Like, Reba McIntyre's not a tulpa. No. Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald's not a tulpa. Colonel Harlan Sanders was a tulpa. a tulpa. Yeah, absolutely. Donald Trump's a tulpa. Is he? Yeah, he's not real. You know who else I think might be one? I don't have I don't I don't have evidence to support this, but I've always felt this. Cindy Lauper. No, I don't think she's a tulpa. Yeah, she's a tulpa. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, that's all I have to say. Okay. And do you know where you can go to find out more about interesting stuff like this? No, Chris, where? Well, I think you could probably go to our website. At paranormalguys.com. Hey! There you go, Chad. <laughs> yeah, go there. You can find uh, the new shows. You can find pictures. You can find a link to email us. You can find a link to donate some money to the old Paranormal Guys cause. Yes, sir. There are links to some of the sites we like. All manner of uh, interesting things on the old uh, paranormalguys.com site. And <laughs> and uh, you can also check us out on Instagram. And how would one do that? 
You would go to Instagram paranormal guys. <laughs> I can't read your writing. That's right, Carrie. You can go to Instagram and just search for paranormal guys and find us right there. It's not Russian. Nope. And uh, hey, like we were talking, that old uh, YouTube channel is completely and fully up to date. And uh, here we go. How how would one find us on uh, YouTube, Gary? You can search for Paranormal Guys or Pong BS. <laughs> there you go. Pair O Normal, Normal Guys. guys. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> you can go to our YouTube, whatever. You could go to our Facebook page. And uh, how would you find us on Facebook, Carrie? Again, facebook.com slash paranormal guys. There you go. Chad uh, keeps Facebook updated with all manner of interesting posts. And I'm, hey, I've been uh, throwing some shares and stuff up there about some interesting things here and there. I saw that. <laughs> you sound so far away, Chad. I know. Oh, you're not done, Carrie. Oh, Carrie's not done yet. I don't know what she's moving stuff around for. So keep a, keep up there, and you can get notifications for the new shows and everything right there. And while you're at our Facebook page, going over to the Facebook page of one Mr. William Blanchard. He is the gentleman that supplies all of the music for Paranormal Guys. Say musical genius. Guys. Musical genius. I'm no, so say sorry. it like you mean it. Say it like you mean it real close. Musical genius. Close enough. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Bill, he uh, he does all the music, including that new awesome uh, track he put down for uh, Paranormal Guys BS, which, once again, I want to thank him so much for doing that. That's right, I'd like to thank Carrie for a contribution. She will not get paid for this episode. No. Or be invited back. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere near the studio. <laughs> so I, th- I think that's it, Chad. I think so. <laughs> Stay tuned, uh next week for Paranormal Guys BS coming out. It will be. What's what's that show, Chris? Uh, we're going to talk to the uh, guys from the International Cryptozoology Museum and Research Center from Somerset, Kentucky. Noise. 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 <laughs> so stay tuned for that next week. Have a paranormal week. Paranormal? Pair... A normal? <laughs>